there was an instance with you yeah. where I had to lock you out of the apartment because you weren't acting right when it came to greed. Welcome to the Brandon Hustle Podcast. I'm Daryl, and I'm here to get your sales game tight. And I'm Lori, and I'm here to get your brand looking right. Let's get to hustling. Welcome back. Hello. You're watching the Branded Hustle Podcast, and you're also listening to the Branded Hustle Podcast. Yep. Awesome, awesome. We're so glad to have you guys back for this really stinking good episode mm -hmm. called what makes a hustler it's a good one guys yep so i'm super excited to give my take from a salesperson's perspective on what makes a hustler and lori mm -hmm. is going to do the same from a branding branding marketing perspective yes mm -hmm. super excited so let me kick things off sure i want to start it. by asking you mm -hmm. what do you think makes a hustler man honestly super simple Wanting to win. Yeah. Wanting to win. That's all it comes down to <laughs> is wanting to better yourself in any way you can. Mm -hmm. And um, just wanting to win. I know it sounds so like cliche, but. It works for me. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? What do I think makes a hustler? For me, a hustler has this like grinder mentality. Yeah, for sure. Right? I feel like some people are successful without it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a real hustler person is like willing to, to do the things that no one wants to do. Yeah. Like they're willing to wake up early. Yeah. And put themselves in awkward situations, like uncomfortable situations, more so than awkward. Exactly. Because they're trying to get to that next level. I agree on that completely. And so if it's if they have to wake up early, stay late, like make your extra, extra dial, send extra email, like go approach that one person they wouldn't normally mm -hmm. approach, like whatever it is, I feel like that person is a hustler. Right? They have that kind of like, ah, uh, they got that gird to them. They got that ambition. That animo. They got the animo. They got the drive. How do you say drive in Spanish? I don't know. We'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got that though. Right? And I, that's what well, I think. Animo I think is used for drive. So it's, it's interchangeable? And animo is basically interchangeable. Yeah. yeah. Like I say animo a lot in the sense of like, like I don't, like, yeah, animo is drive. Animo yeah. is ambition. You know, it's very similar. Right. Um, used in the Spanish language. Mm -hmm. If I'm wrong, correct me because I do not speak Spanish. Leave it in the comments <laughs> below. Um, but yeah, I totally agree on you with you. It's it's like, for example, when I like kind of realized how much of a hustler I was was yeah. when we lived with your parents. Yeah. Which was not the best. No. Nope. <laughs> and we wanted to get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. And this is when I was doing property management. And a lot of the times when we had property, when I was in property management, we would live in the apartment that I worked um, and get the employee discount and all that fun stuff. And I was emailing this lady so much. Who's the lady? Uh, I don't want to say any names, but. What was her title? Uh, the, I, was, I was emailing the, pro the property manager. Yes. <laughs> a lot. Um, For what reason? <laughs> to get the job. Okay. I just want to make sure we're all yeah. on the same page. Yeah. To get the job. Um, but she wasn't responding to me and I was just like, oh, like she, I already interviewed with her Yeah. and I knew she liked me, but she was kind of giving me the runaround and I was mm. like, uh, uh, I'm not going to do this now right now. Like we're so close to getting out of here. You better not. Yeah. So, um, I ended up, uh, emailing her so much that she finally said yes. Right. The only thing was the apartment was literally on the other side of Austin. Mm. We live North Austin. Yeah. 
and it was literally like with Austin traffic, a good hour drive. Yeah. Even though it was like maybe twenty five minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, an hour is like being super like. It is, and another thing to bring up too about yeah. that commute. Mm-hmm. We used to leave the house, I think, at four or five a.m. At four, like four thirty a.m. Right. And because I the traffic used, was so crazy, yeah, we had to beat it. And I had to be at work at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, and Daryl had to be at work at 8 a.m., yeah. which was on the um, right next to where we live. So, back, so it was like go from Pflugerville, South Austin, back to Round Rock. Exactly. And, That's and Round we, Rock is right next to Pflugerville. We had one car. That's why we had to do that. Exactly. Um, so, we would drive all the way down to South Austin at like 4 30, yeah. drop me off, get there like around. 536 mm-hmm. and I would literally be sitting outside for hours with mosquitoes during the summer the Texas summer the Texas summer with mosquitoes biting me like crazy mm-hmm. and I would be out there sometimes I get lucky if like the maintenance got er, got there early like around 730 yeah you know but it's 730 it's still like an hour or two hours I'll out there you know yeah um all because she wanted to hire me as a temp as a temp even though I had Crazy experience and crazy success being a, a sales, a, a leasing agent. Right. It still wasn't enough for her. Sure wasn't. But at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I have to do to get to where we want to get. <laughs> and I did that. And that's I when I was so like, her. yeah, that was a really a hustler. And I did that for two months. Yeah. Because she, she didn't want to promote me to a regular position. Yeah. <laughs> so for two months, I did that. And that was insane. But we, we got it. I got that job. And we ended up. Um, moving there and it was awesome. Yeah. So I think that's a great segue mm-hmm. to, if we're talking about hustlers, we have to talk about where does their ambition come from? What does the animo come from? So for you to get up and, and, and want to like stay outside of apartment complex for two hours in the, in the morning heat of Texas with mm-hmm. mosquitoes, like where did that ambition come from? You know, like growing up, Growing up where we lived, you know, I was raised, I was born and raised in the projects. Yeah. And my parents worked their butts off to have everything that we had. Um, because I never, I never knew we were poor, like I said before. I never knew we were poor until I got older. But I just, I didn't want to live in mediocrity, you know? Yeah. And no disrespect to my parents because they know how I feel. They, they know the type of person I was from like when I was little. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted like, to conquer the world. And I was with my mom like, I'm going to do so many things in my life. And she always like would encourage me, you know, but right. some people just don't want to do that, you know, and that's completely fine because um, even if you work a nine, to, a nine to five or whatever the case is, as long as you have a passion for it, that's all that matters. And um, I just knew like, I don't want mediocrity. Yeah. I don't, I liked, the, this is a thing. And I feel like a lot of people, they, they struggle to say stuff like this without disrespecting their families. Right. You know, because as much as we respect our parents and we respect what they've done for us, sometimes we're built different, you know? It's and true. I think what, at the end of the day, what, what ends up being the truth is I like feeling uncomfortable. Being comfortable is boring. Yeah. You know, I like the feeling of, of, of being uncomfortable and like the, the hustle of like the next, getting to the next stage, you know? We have this thing in our household where every year we want to make more money, more money than the, the previous year. Yeah. And it's not a greed thing. It's just a elevation thing. It's a measurement of success, right? Exactly. And, you know, success could be money, but also like accomplishing things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I totally see what you're saying. You know, like just 
the measurement of success with how much money you make. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just feel like seeing the way my family, um, how they were, my mom like being a, a housekeeper, you mm -hmm. know, the typical Mexican stereotype, you know, she was a maid and I remember she used to always tell me like, this isn't going to be your life. You're not going to do this. And I'm like, she would say that to you. Yeah. She would say that to me. She's like, you're going to go to college. And I'm like, dang, right. <laughs> I'm not going to be, I don't even like cleaning my own room. I'm not going to be cleaning somebody else's room. Yeah. You know, but she did that to get, to get money on the, t to get food on the table, to help my dad, you know, and to get me the Jordans that I wanted for high school. You know, they did amazing things. Like I thank them every day for that. And they pushed me towards college, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate that because they knew like I could be better. And as parents, that's all you want is for your kids to be better. And yeah, I mean, and they, they made you better. They did because of that. Yeah. 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 Cause even since I was little, I was different. And I think my parents knew that cause I loved reading. Like I could be at a, in a library for hours Yeah. and they're just like, okay, they didn't, she didn't get this from us. <laughs> so it was just different, you know? Mm -hmm. So see, my story is kind of similar mm -hmm. now. Granted, like, I didn't grow up in a poor place. I didn't grow up in a super rich place. I grew up in the suburbs. And yeah. I think what bothered me is that pretty much all of my family members worked for the state. But yeah. they worked at like very like comfortable jobs where they made like 35,000, 40,000, maybe 50 a year. And it was enough to like if you if you make 45 and your spouse makes 45, mm -hmm. you're not doing horrible. Yeah. Right? You're doing mm -hmm. okay for yourself, but what I didn't like is that everybody was like just comfortable with just doing okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I grew up that way. So, so for me, it was like, but I think y'all can do more though. Mm -hmm. Like you have the, the capability to do more. Yeah. But you're not. And so I think it's that not yeah, that exactly. bothers me. The not. You know what really changed my life and like changed my thinking? Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan mm -hmm. called, I can't accept not trying. Yeah. And once I do... I promise you, I don't even, I never even read that book. Like, I didn't read the whole thing. I, I picked it up, flipped through, sure, but like, I didn't read him cover to cover. Yeah. But just reading the title, the title. and knowing that it came from Michael Jordan yeah, was enough. Yeah. I was like, okay, so if he can't accept not trying, and this dude's the best basketball player ever, yeah. how can I accept not trying? Yeah. So I think that's where it comes from. So for me, now that I'm an adult, mm -hmm. I'm a professional, like, I have to give things more than 100 percent yeah i have to try like exactly i rather fail yep. miserably at something than not try it at all Same. i have to try and i think that also it comes from the media being like not wanting to be mediocre and not yeah. wanting that comfortable because even with your 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 stepdad and your mom right even when we lived there with them mm -hmm. they were trying to get us into the state yes they were and they thought we were crazy because we don't want to do that yeah and because it is safe, it is predictable. It is exactly, but fast forward to now, where we are in life, if we would have listened, our life would be so like just you know what everybody like dreads. Yes, everybody dreads that life. Ooh, yes, and I hate it when I worked for the state when I was yeah. nineteen years old. I was a courier, I was a vehicle driver. Mm -hmm. I used to take packages from one state building to the next. Yeah. And that was a safe, predictable income. I only made eight hundred bucks a month though. Yeah, it was a part-time job. And I had to get another part-time job for them. I made 1600 And I was doing okay. But that's the thing, though. Yeah. Like, there wasn't any, like, oh, there was yeah. me getting promoted. I worked with dudes there. I worked in when I was 19. These guys were, like, 50, 60 years old. 
literally doing the same job making the same amount of money for the last 30 years yeah and this is the thing guys we're not saying that this is this is wrong to do we're talking about what makes a hustler hustler a hustler is the key word here we right. don't want you guys to think that we're talking down if this is what you do because no. we're not got love for you I yeah do. if this is what your life is and what you want to do with your life as long as you're happy that's all that matters right but we're talking about as far as like how hustlers work and what we feel and how like. we operate yeah right? what we how we operate so yeah just a little disclaimer i don't mm -hmm. want you guys to be like what the heck no like speaking of that i think we yeah. should talk about this uh-huh so speaking of like how it can be perceived elsewhere like outside of us and like mm -hmm. family i think that's an important thing to bring up yeah so let's talk about that so so how does work-life balance go for a hustler yeah that's really hard i know with us we talk about business constantly we do like if we're not talking about like family and like going to see family and during this whole COVID thing, it's been pretty like intense of like not being able to see family and yeah. we FaceTime a lot <laughs> with family now. We do, yeah. Um, but other than that, and like of course we talk about our life and like how appreciative and blessed we feel. Yeah. But we talk about business a lot. Often. Um, but we started doing this thing on Sundays where we just chill. Like we totally unplug. Totally unplug. Like barely even be on our computers and our phones at that. We just yeah. like cuddle up on the couch. And we watch trash TV. Yeah. <laughs> like the trashiest TV you can find. Well, not really. We just watched 90 Day Fiance. Mm -hmm. um, we watched The Spouse House on Netflix oh, on Hulu. That yeah. was insane. Um, we just watched like trash TV. Like we tried to decompress. Like we don't try, we don't want to watch anything intellectual because we don't want our brains to work. Yeah. So. Because Monday through Saturday, yeah. it is intellectual and the brains are definitely working. Mm -hmm. So it's time to relax. It's constant because like, even like I literally was just sending emails out right now. Yeah. You know, it's constant work with what we do. Mm -hmm. So, um, work life balance is tough. Um, and even when we work nine to fives, we always were talking, we would talk about work during like dinner and stuff. Yeah. And so we were like, you know what? Like, it's just, we need to stop that. You know, it's just all about knowing your limits. If you like, it's kind of like when you play basketball and even if you get upset during the game and you say just leave it on the court it's the same kind of perspective with work like leave it at work right don't bring it home because That's there's true. there it's was good. times it's where good. i had good. yeah good advice yeah where i had like issues with my with my bosses and yeah. i would be so pissed off that i would bring it home and i would be getting mad at you and then i would tell you like wait daryl didn't do anything like i'm just mad at this girl because she's crazy i need to stop take bringing it home you know and there's right. times with you too when you get frustrated Same if thing. you didn't close the cell yeah and i'd be like hold up player like don't be bringing me that attitude over here mm -hmm. and we would kind of call each other out you know and i think that's important to yeah. like really have that com that communication mm -hmm. you know i think for me um last year 2019 mm -hmm. was a tough work-life balance situation yeah because i was working the 95 mm -hmm. and i was doing well selling a lot yeah but the difficult part was that lori unfortunately was dealing with a cancer scare yeah she had pre-cancer cells and that was like that rocked our world yeah it was a lot of surgeries and biopsies during that year and it was it also was the, so tough. The, the busiest year of your life it was work, work it life. was and so i had to make choices to where literally like she was like recovering she was sick she'd have her days where she's good she was bad and and i was being pulled in different directions because my job needed me to go like leave and go to a conference for three or four days. Thank God she has her parents yeah. come up here and kind of look after her too. But I had to go be out, and so that was tough because because in our marriage we've been married we've been married for ten years, mm -hmm. and in that ten years we spent 
one night apart. Yeah. Just one. And yeah. so now it's having to spend like three or four days back to back. And that was tough to deal with in itself. It was. Much less like throwing like a cancer, cancer and surgery and Gosh. doing all that. And it was knowing so that I compounded. Yeah. Especially there was one time where I was really, really sick. And it happened to be our anniversary. Gosh, which was even, like it was so crazy. This is what, like, I feel like in order for you to understand, I think you have to be married to a hustler for them to understand because yeah. this could have been a fight all day. Oh, gosh. He left on my birthday, he left on Valentine's Day, and he left on our wedding anniversary. The three worst days <laughs> on the calendar. Yeah, but I, I also pushed him to go. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to is, like, if you understand each other, I'm, I was like, because... Did you call, did you call my parents when um, the I anniversary? Did. You're I like, did. I, she's really sick. I need you guys to come up here. Yeah. yeah, and they came and they treated me like a little twelve year old. I couldn't do nothing. I was like, it was kind of fun because they're like cooking for me. And, yeah, yeah. But. And see, the other thing is too, like the other reason I was like, maybe I should go is because we have the hospital bills. Yeah, exactly. The hospitals were crazy for that surgery. So I was like, okay, maybe I should go yeah. work a little more to pay for these hospital bills, and that's exactly and, what. And I did. also, we had goals. What we do every every New Year's. Well, here in this house, we have a balcony, and we always yeah. go uh, stand there, and we just talk about our like our life. We talk about the year, mm -hmm. and we start talking about goals we want for the next year and yeah. what we want to accomplish. And I know you wanted to finish number one. I did, and I knew that if I want if I caused the scene of like, oh my gosh, you're gonna leave me, and I don't want you to get in a bad it, headspace. It was possible to lose. Yes, honestly, I will say right right now, like I haven't told you this forever. What's that? I was kind of mad that you left during that uh, anniversary trip because I was so sick. And I wasn't mad. I was more so, like, annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew it had to be done. And I knew that if I started a fight or told you how I really felt before, it would mess up the conference. And yeah. you might not have gotten sales. Yeah. And I knew that you wanted to finish number one. So I was just like, I can't say anything. And I let it ride. And you finished number one. And I feel like that's what being a hustler is about. You know, is having a... a a good work-life balance in the sense of people supporting you. It's like a spouse's sacrifice. Yeah. Because I knew my parents were going to be there. And I knew yeah. they would take care of me. And I just felt like this is something that you wanted to do. You know, and we wanted to do. It was a goal we had together. Yeah. So, so yeah. But, you know, I love you. I love you too. I'm proud of you. Thank I you, I honestly, I, I don't want to say I was, I'll take it back. I wasn't mad. I was just more so like, like, ugh. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, frustrating. Because I wanted to be with you too. Yeah. With you too, I wanted to be right here. Yeah. But it was like, man, like, and that's the adulting part. It's like you yeah. have this responsibility. Exactly. And you got to go out there and, and hammer some deals away to yeah. take care of life. Yeah, and you just got to be understanding, you know, uh, because I knew I knew that it was for us. Yeah. It wasn't just it wasn't a selfish thing. It was like money for the hospital bills that I felt guilty for even having to get the surgery. But you shouldn't feel guilty though. I know, but you know, it's just like thirty thousand dollars, and you're just like, uh, really? Yeah. You know, healthcare systems. Whack. It's whack. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm just proud of you, so. Well, I appreciate that. So yeah. if we switch gears for just a moment, uh -huh. so let me ask you this: when it comes to branding, how important do you think networking is? I think it's important. I, I go back and forth. You know, that's about me. Yeah. Um, I always say I'm like an introverted extrovert. Like I can turn it on whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like as I gotten older, I become way more introverted than when I was younger. Yeah. Because in high school, in college, I was popular. I was, I would hang out with people. I never had trouble making friends and, you know, all that jazz. Yeah. But the older I got, the more I was just like, eh, I'm good. I'm just a homebody. 
I could just chill at home and just chill with you. Like, honestly, I don't really need to be going out and stuff. So when it comes to networking for like personal brands and stuff, like um, whether it's like YouTube or whatever the case is, it's just like, it takes a lot for me to get dressed, to get out, to go network. Yeah. But I don't mind networking on my computer. Yeah. (laughs) I don't mind networking in the sense of like, hitting people up and like commenting on stuff and being interactive in that way. Right. Because it's important to get your brand out and to get your name out by, you know, commenting on people's um, videos and LinkedIn posts and stuff like that. So right. yeah, it's very important. Yeah. You know, you know, I feel spoiled when it comes to networking mm-hmm. because I spent years working at a pretty sizable company Yeah. where I met so many salespeople. Yeah, yeah. Amazing salespeople. Amazing ones, yeah. The best, the best and the best. So yeah. so I was there as a salesperson for a while, and especially as a manager, because you really get to know your people. Yeah. And pretty much the, the way the setup was, it was like 15 fresh faces, new salespeople, 15 new salespeople that I had to manage every mm-hmm. single month. So I was like, I was getting to know a lot of people. Yeah. So the networking just kind of came naturally, really. I didn't yeah. have to go out and do much. Now, like, I go on LinkedIn and I know a bunch of people only because, like, that situation yeah you know and so i agree with you i think outside of that i do do think it's important you know i like Mm -hmm. i like networking with the purpose exactly you know networking with the purpose is more important than like networking just to go and get drunk with people right and that's one thing i will a little tip that i will say never get drunk at networking events no i have heard horror stories of people that just go to networking events to try like for for the right reasons they end up getting too drunk and they end up like it ends up hurting them if that's what you want to do like outside of work like whatever but like in a professional environment it just it doesn't it's hard to come back from without people thinking about that in your brand yeah your personal brand right totally cool so how about this though so we're talking about the hustle we're talking about all things hustle right now i want to know this from you Mm -hmm. when has the hustle hurt you. Ooh. It's about to get deep with this question. Ooh. Okay, let's just keep it all the way real. Okay. Being a hustler is fun and winning is fun. Yes. But there's a a very thin line between winning and greed. Mm, yeah. And there was an instance with you yeah. where I had to lock you out of the apartment because you weren't acting right when it came to greed. Like to be all the way real, there yeah. is an instance where this is honestly when Daryl like first started making money. Yeah. Like when he started like really killing it and it was like a crazy amount of money that not to be like braggadocious, but it was just like something we've never seen before <laughs> compared to like the year before we were like at negative overdrafting gosh yeah overdrafting our bank account Total so, 180. Yeah. exactly so it was i can understand where you're coming from on that in, like in that perspective but it was just getting too much to where the greed was just coming out a little too much and i did not like that that's one thing i i never play around when it comes to money is greed is not it's never acceptable yeah and um i had to lock daryl out because he was acting kind of crazy yeah and i told him this one thing and I honestly believe this one thing kind of changed. It changed his mind, his mindset, because I told him, like, we're Christians. So um, I told him, you're not leading me the way you should. Yeah. You're not leading me the way uh, a husband should lead a, lead a wife because you're so worried about money. You're so worried about, like, he was staying working late till like 10 p.m. Yeah, it just was. To close, it was crazy. It was insane. 
I feel like I wasn't even seeing this guy because there's times where I'd fall asleep. And I get to work early too. And he would get to work like at seven. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, this is like, and it wasn't ever like, I remember my mom was like, you sure he's not doing other stuff over there? And I was like, yeah. no, because he would literally FaceTime me. <laughs> you remember? Yeah. He would FaceTime me the whole time. As I'm closing the as deal. As he's closing deals. Like I'm, I was a sales manager. I'm helping somebody close the deal. I'm FaceTiming her. She sees the whole thing. Yeah. And it was just, not that it was like some jealous crazy thing, but I was just like, I guess he just missed me, but he also wanted to hustle. Yeah. So I was like, okay. But there was this just instance where like, it just went from like, like hustle to greed and we had a conversation where I was like, you need to change. What, what were, what were you thinking during that time? Like, if you remember, like, what, what did you feel like when you like realized that I locked you out of our apartment yeah. and I called you and told you like, you need to go figure out. <laughs> yeah. I was just so focused on just like smashing this goal Yeah, that I let it overtake me mm -hmm. to the point of like obsession i'm all about being ambitious obviously yeah. i'm all about hustling mm -hmm. but i do think there's a fine line where you have to respect yourself yeah and your faith your family others as well and I, I was crossing that line i was like i was so focused on just the money 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 and building up this amount of sales and build, building up our bank account that i forgot what's really important yeah really yeah but i'm very fortunate to have you as a wife to be my mirror yeah you're my mirror too i appreciate that i appreciate you but yeah we're good now guys so and that was a blip that was like, a, like maybe a week yeah it was like that was just a tough week in our marriage what what started the fight and we're gonna be all the way real was you basically i i bought some home decor <laughs> or something and i don't remember do you remember what you said it was something like why are you spending my money or you, you he said something like that a boy I'm, I'm a super passive, I feel like, like, I'm not ever really aggressive with you. Yeah. That's when like the Latina in me was like, oh no, he didn't just say that. Because at that point I wasn't working because I was doing my YouTube channel, Yeah. but I had just started making money on my YouTube channel. And I was like, boy, you wait till I blow up. Okay. Cause I don't need your money. And it just became this big fight <laughs> yeah. over like Something like, I think it was like a throw pillow that I bought that was like $19. I was just counting every penny. I was like trying to make every penny and like keep it. Yeah. So I wasn't it with was, it, I guess. Yeah. But I mean. Sorry for that, by the way. It's okay. It, it happened. It was like five years ago. Yeah. But when I told him like he wasn't leading me, I, I just saw his facial expression change and he was just like, ooh, that, that was a dagger. And I knew it'd be a dagger. And I don't ever like, I in the beginning of our relationship, in our marriage, I would do a lot of daggers because I was just like a jerk sometimes. But at that point, I didn't want to do that to you. But I yeah. knew it. I knew it would help you change. So, yeah. So that that's when the hustle hurts, and it's it's gonna happen. Of like, it's gonna happen. But as long as you communicate, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Well, hey, that is a really good point. <laughs> when we come back, let's keep talking about the hustle, and yeah. let's talk about why do hustlers have such big dreams. When we come back, you guys are listening to and watching. The Brand Hustle Podcast. Hey guys, this is Daryl checking in. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. This is The Branded Hustle. All right, guys, you are watching The Branded Hustle, and we're back with another fun question. Yes. So let me ask you this. Talk to me. When, like, why do you think hustlers have these big dreams? You know, let me speak for, for myself for a second. I think, okay. I, I think you guys could relate to this. Okay. I think... 
if you're going to adopt this mentality mm-hmm. of being a hustler, it means you you're looking for big opportunities. Yeah. Right? And it may start small. Yeah. But you're thinking about like, okay, if I dedicate this much energy, this much commitment to something, mm-hmm. what's my payoff? Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to get up at 4 a.m., go work out, leave that workout, start working all day, don't finish until 10 or something, whatever it is, like, mm-hmm. what are the odds I get to X, right? That's what I think whenever we have an endeavor or I'm, I'm selling, I'm like, okay, if I put in this much work, like, what are my odds of making this much money? And then when you think about that money too, you're like, okay, it's not just the money. It's more like, what's the accomplishment I can, I can have, right? Like the feeling of success, but it's also like, how can we help our family? How can we help the family? How can we pay for a a trip for everybody? Exactly. Stuff like that. So, so I feel like you have to start off with this kind of big thing that you're like, okay, if I actually accomplish this big, huge, humongous goal, I'm going to get X and that motivates me because that's what it, that's where it starts from. You have to dream big because you have to, be able to motivate yourself enough yeah. if the goal is not big enough you're not going to be able to sustain motivation exactly exactly so you need to have like this big ambitious thing like let me give you an example yeah my my first or second rather inside sales shop i had a goal mm-hmm. of making ten thousand dollars in sales in a month and at that place i was pretty good that wasn't like the greatest ever but it was it was if you made ten thousand dollars a month you were like you were it yeah like you were one of the top people and for a year i couldn't do it for a year, I was like 3K, 4K. Yeah. That's what I was making per month. But still, though, I'd write down for my monthly goals. My manager would come around and ask me what I wanted to make. Every single time, $10,000. I wasn't going to drop the goal. Yeah. 10000 10000 10000 So you know what? I hit it. That's amazing. So that's where it starts from. You have to have this yeah. big goal and like you chip away at it little by little. I totally agree. I feel like when it comes to like the branding part of that uh, with my channel... Um, I worked really, really hard on my brand yeah. and I would do, I had like a dream, a, a, a dream collaboration list that mm-hmm. I wrote all my favorite brands that I want to work with. Yeah. And like the, the minute you see yourself checking those boxes off, mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. It's so sweet. And that's where I feel like these big dreams. It, it's crazy. Cause like, I remember when I first made that list, I was like, this is like, is this really going to happen? Like, yeah. you know, are you, are you, are you like dreaming too big? Mm-hmm. But I remember I told my mom all the time, like, I used to always dream really big. And I just loved dreaming big because it's like, I feel like, it, you said, it pushes you. Yeah. It keeps pushing you. You're, if you're not there yet, you you keep working at it, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I checked all those boxes off and I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. That's, yeah. that, it's like that, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just like that winning feeling. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh my gosh. And that's something so great when it comes to hustling and when it comes to just working and having goals in general, yeah. you know? But on the flip side, mm. what do you feel about like failing? Because Ooh. I know like when you have these big dreams, yeah, not every single one of them is going to come to you right away. Yeah. Or like you said, you're working on it for a whole year. So you were failing yeah. for a whole year. I was, yeah. You know, and I remember that. I remember I had to push him all the time. Yeah, constantly. He was just like, he was so focused. And I would always try and justify ways of like, like, baby, you're, you're doing great. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Like compared to last year, like look where we are now. And it just did not work. And I, it's funny cause I totally agree. Like I, I understand where you're coming from because when you do that with me now, yeah. when I don't reach a goal, I'm just like, shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> I did not make it. I suck. 
but you know, yeah, I'm just dramatic with it sometimes. <laughs> but what do you feel about like how do you feel about failing as a hustler? Gosh. Or, I just said in general, really. Well, you know what though? Like, first of all, I think to a certain extent, mm -hmm. you need to be okay with it. Yeah, you don't need to be okay with failing forever. But you need to know that on the journey to success, there will be failure. Yeah. Because it's inevitable. Yeah. Like, you've seen that graph. Yeah. When it comes to, like, failure and success, it's not this straight line. It's, like, this squiggly crap, and you go backwards, and you go forward again, <laughs> it's and it's, like, up over. and down. It's all over the place, yeah. right? So, but let me tell you, though. I can tell you why I want to be successful. Yeah. It's because I failed a bunch. Yeah. In totally. the example you just gave, I failed there. Yeah. I remember, though, like, being a sales manager, even. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that for a second. And literally, like, getting my team to be really good, mm -hmm. really thinking good, mm -hmm. but they were number two. Mm -hmm. So I was number two. And that was month over month over month. So even overall, like, if you count the last three months, last six months, technically, I am the number one manager because I made the most revenue, mm -hmm. right? But still, I'm number two because I don't, I don't finish number one at the end of the yeah. month. You're consistent. I was very consistent. But you weren't number one. Exactly. And, and then, two is not a winner. And, and three, three nobody, nobody remembers. remembers. Come on. <laughs> Preach. So so that bothered me. And so yeah. I take that feeling and I and I feel that way, you know, in my childhood, I feel like I was like number two, like in sports. When yeah. I ran track and I played basketball. Really good, not the best though. Yeah. And that that bothered me. So so now as an adult, I just think about okay, what are the things I need to, to do? Mm -hmm. To make myself not number two, but number one. Totally. Right? And when I finally hit number one as being a number one salesperson for the year at the company I was at, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Now I understand it. Yeah. Now I get it. It takes a little bit extra, right? But it's also because I failed so many times, I knew what to do. Yeah. So really, I can appreciate failure. Because yeah. when totally you succeed, agree. you appreciate the failure. When you're going through it, you don't appreciate it. Exactly. And that's the thing, like... This honestly stems from like just life in general. Yeah. Um, to get a little deep here, uh, Daryl and I, we struggle with infertility. Yeah. And like Daryl said earlier, we were going through like a little cancer scare. Um, and we've been trying to get pregnant for 10 years. Yeah. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and it hasn't happened. And I get so many messages on my YouTube channel because I stay positive. Right. And people are like, how do you stay so positive going through that? Like, does that make you sad? Like you and Daryl are like so happy and you guys can't get pregnant. And, right. And I'm just like, it refines us. It refines mm -hmm. me. Yeah. The failure to get pregnant refines me. It doesn't it doesn't make me who I am, but it makes me better. Yeah. You know? And that's how I feel like with, with anything in life, you know, when it comes to like hustling, when it comes to work, when it comes to life, failure refines you in a way that not nothing and nobody else can. You yeah. know, like when you think of failure, you just think of like the, the negative part and you think of like, oh I didn't do it or whatever the case is. But yeah, there's always a silver lining. It's, it makes you better. And I feel like if people will hold on to that more, the, the minute you accept failure is the minute you'll start winning. Yeah. Because there is never failure. There's only learning and uh, refining, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I've gotten way better at <laughs> because when I was like in high school or middle school, middle school especially, if I lost a game of basketball or if I lost anything, you know how my family is. They, they compete for everything. Yeah. Who can finish the orange juice faster? It's insane. But it honestly, like I, I hated losing and I used to be like really like a sore loser when I was younger. Right. But the older I got, I started realizing like, man, like it refines you, you know? Yeah. I just, I appreciate failure more. I used to be scared of failure. Like I used to fear failure. Mm. But Isn't now, that crippling? 
It is. It is because you know how I am sometimes. Like I overthink things. I yeah. procrastinate because I'm just like, oh, what if it's not the right thing? And I can't stand that. And honestly, you've gotten me. You've gotten to help me so much more with that. Because there's times where I overthink things and I don't do something because of that. Yeah. And you tell me, like, baby, just do it. Just do it. And you've helped me. So uh, I appreciate that. And I thank you. Well, I thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's what failure is, though. Like, you just end up bettering yourself. Now, another yes. question I have for you. Talk to me. Being a hustler, do you think it's possible to be ethical as a hustler? 100%. I agree. I think there's guys who, who have done it wrong. For sure. Like you look at like the, the 08 housing crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about where that stemmed from. Yeah. It didn't just start in 07, 08. It it's, started like like late 80s. Yeah. Maybe maybe late 70s. I don't know which decade, but it started a while ago when those guys were making those contracts mm -hmm. for those mortgages and they weren't doing it the right way. Exactly. So I think that there absolutely is. And then you know what the thing is too? Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes to being ethical, I'm all about playing the long game. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, let's say you're selling, right? Let's say you got a sales team or you're a salesperson, and you're doing really good. But there's somebody else mm -hmm. doing maybe eh, better than you, maybe a lot better than you. But you know for a fact the way that they're getting those deals done is unethical. Do not be tempted yeah. to play the game with Do them. Not. Because, like, just, just literally put a stopwatch on. And you're going to see their reign come to an end in a short amount of time. Yeah. Because eventually, you're going to find out that they're not doing it right. Everybody else is going to find out too, and they're going to get in trouble for it. Exactly. And they're going to, it's all going to come crashing down. And then you, as the real ethical person, you're going to win. Yeah, I agree. Right? And this is like hustler. Like, I honestly believe anybody can be a hustler. Yeah. I believe that you might, even if you become a hustler later in life. Yeah. But it can happen, you know? And I honestly believe, kind of how you said, like, if you see, if you know there's a promotion coming up and someone's brown nosing mm. and they get that promotion over you, just let it slide. Like, I've been there before. I'm sure you've been there before. Oh, yes. Just let it slide and know, like, it's going to be okay. And like Daryl said, put that stopwatch on. It's going to happen. Exactly. And to that point, I've been in spots to where I really should have been the, the person they picked to get promoted. They come promoted. back to you, though, don't they? They come back. Exactly. That happens. Remember with the apartment? Yes. They, didn't, they don't pick me. Yes. And then that, they, they, they chose someone else. Literally, like, a couple months later. A couple months later. Can you please come back to us? Exactly. And I was like, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. You lost that one. Exactly. You and had your shot. It always end up, as long as you're ethical with it and you're yourself and you're, yeah. I mean, Because you want to be able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the exactly. day and know you're doing the right exactly. thing. And that's what I think, like, when I hear the word hustlers, that's why I wanted to name this podcast The Brennan Hustle. Yeah. Because I feel like when you hear the word hustle or hustlers, people always get a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they're trying to hustle you. Yeah. And it's not a negative connotation. No, no, no. There is, you can be ethical and be a hustler, and that's what we're here to talk to you about, because the hustle is about just wanting better for yourself. Yeah. You know? So. I concur. I concur, too. So... This is kind of a little deep again. What do you have? It has to do with money. I feel like money always gets a little, like, a little dirty when it comes to the hustle. Some dirty money? <laughs> no, not in that way. But, like, why do you think hustlers are so obsessed with money? Like, when you were going through your, your greed phase that we talked about earlier, what do you think it was about the obsession that you had with money? I mean, you can call it a comparison. Okay. I think that could be a thing, deep, yeah. right? You're looking at like your age versus 
where your, your peers are mm-hmm. and, and like not even like your and peer, like money wise like the, you know you're looking at the peers that are doing really well okay you're thinking i'm here they're there you know almost like a why not me type thing True. not like in a in a what was me way but like okay what can i do to get there but then sometimes you can get like you can go overboard with it yeah you know it's happened to me before like we said earlier um but i think that the money thing is important because it's a way of keeping score yeah yeah. Right. I feel like kind of how I said earlier, there's a, there's a thin line between winning and yeah. greed. Right. You know, because you want to keep winning, but sometimes when there's money involved, it's very, very hard to not become obsessed with the money aspect. Yeah. yeah. Because for example, when you get sales, you might get 10 sales, right? Right. For $10,000. Right. But if a person gets five sales, and they make fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Then what happens? Do you feel like you're still winning, even though you had more sales, mm. or do you feel like you're a loser because he made more money? Yeah. That's where it gets a little like, a little weird, mm-hmm. you know. So I do think it just, it's a very thin line, and I do agree with like having to, tread very lightly with that. Concur. Yeah, I mean you you have to. Yeah. Or she can drive yourself crazy. <laughs> True that. And the comparison thing that you said earlier, that is no good, guys. Just try your best to not compare yourself, especially when it comes to branding. Oh my gosh. I tell my people all the time. I have a lot of YouTube friends who I'm always telling like, don't look at your numbers. Don't compare yourself because it's a very negative space to be in. Yeah. I honestly, I honestly can say I do not care about my numbers because I did when I first started my YouTube channel and my Instagram and it was just like such an obsession mm-hmm. that you start putting your self-worth into that until you're like, oh, wait, no. I am a cool person. I'm not going to care about why this person's making more subscribers or getting more subscribers or yeah. making more money than me. Like I could care less. Mm-hmm. And you really need to like not compare yourself because that's very, very bad. Yeah. Just, you know, just a little disclaimer. <laughs> um, so last question I have for you. What's up? So you are one of the most focus driven people I know. Yeah. How do you feel about like focus and being a hustler? You know, I feel like the reason I try to focus so much mm-hmm. is because I just thought I feel like I have to. Yeah. Like I feel like other people can get away with it. Like they can like for instance, like let's say this is pre COVID, right? We're all in the office. Mm-hmm. I feel like some people can be in the office. They can maybe like be doing their emailing thing. Maybe they're calling customers yeah. and they can also like be on the phone looking at the latest like, dunk highlights. Right. They can do all that. I don't feel like I do that well. Yeah. You don't. I feel like I'm just like, I'm a like one direction type of person, yeah, right? Like you, I have to focus on one thing. Yeah. So much so to where I probably lost out on like really good relationships with people, like even better ones than what I, than, than I have right now. Yeah. Maybe I have them because they respect me, but I feel like I can be closer to some people, but I'm not only because... Like when I was in the office, it was just like me and the computer. There'd be times because I'd be like working elbow to elbow with my fellow salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, hey, they pull out the phone. Hey, look at this new highlight of blah, 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 like sports play. And I'm like, that's cool. But like, I'm right here. I'm so focused. I'm locked yeah. in. And even to where they're trying to talk to me, but I don't pay attention. Almost to the point where like the highlight with Kobe, when I think he's in the so, finals, maybe yeah. it's his very last basketball game ever. And right next to him is Chris Rock. Yeah. And Chris Rock is there, and he's like, Kobe! But like, I can't I can't do the Chris Rock voice, but he's trying to, like, distract Kobe, but yeah. Kobe's, like, lasered in. I had to do that because, again, I want to be successful. And I know that's what it takes for me to be successful. 
Yeah. So that's things that I have to do. Like, you might not have to do that. Yeah. You might be able to, like, have a conversation with your neighbor and go smash quota and go finish number one. But I knew that if I was going to hit that goal, there's no way. Yeah. Because I, I just can't do both. Yeah, we're all different, too. Like, I'm more of a multitasker, but I have adapted your set of skills when it comes to focusness. Because mm -hmm. I, I started doing this thing where, um, especially because I've been really busy with my work now. Yeah. I If I get distracted with, like, I don't know whatever I'm on YouTube, Facebook or whatever the case is. Yeah. I tell myself, how is that? How is this what I'm doing bettering me? Or how is this going to help me? Yeah. And if I at that moment say, oh, it's not going to help me, then I close it. Yeah. You know, there's no way of it bettering me or helping me in any way. And not just financially. Right. But just like for my mind, like in that moment during work hours, I close it down mm -hmm. because if it's not going to help you, what are you doing it for? Yeah. You know, like you need to allot yourself some time for that trash TV like we do mm -hmm. or for, you know, catching up on Facebook because you get in that rabbit hole, you will be lost for hours. There's times where we're like, crap, like on the weekend when we're chilling, like we just spent like all this time looking at Montana houses mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> on YouTube and we're like, that. We, that's the whole day. Yeah. You know, it's really easy to, to, you know, Get lost in I, it. I just think if you're, this is my opinion, mm -hmm. if you're going to accomplish a goal, I feel like you need insane focus. Hey guys, it's Lori. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Brennan Hustle and also follow Daryl on LinkedIn at Daryl Darks. This is The Brennan Hustle. We're back with more Branded Hustle podcast. Yes, yes. Yep. So we're super excited for this segment. Mm -hmm. It's called Hustle Stories. Yeah. So every week we are going to talk about stories that happen in our life where the hustle just came out mm. and whether it comes with brandy whether it comes to sales right all types of fun stuff that we have had to go through in life you know i feel like it's really important to share um your own stories and i feel like a lot of the times where you're not un when you're unmotivated yeah. it's always great to replay your hustle stories agreed so let's get started what's your hustle story let's do week? it so i think we should talk about getting promoted okay because of your personal brand. Ooh, okay. And let me start with saying this. So this is for my salespeople out there. What really gets you promoted to sales manager is not necessarily just your sales performance. Okay. It's what the people think of you. Ooh, that's deep, that's true. Right, so so and even when you're a manager. Let me give you a few examples. I'm, I'm, I am at a company for a few years. Mm -hmm. I do well there as a salesperson, sales manager, I leave to go to another company, I ended up coming back to the, the one I was at originally, right? And I wanted my spot back as a sales manager again. Mm -hmm. So, but I didn't immediately get put into being a sales manager as I re-entered. That didn't happen. Yeah. What I had to do is go out there and re-earn it. Yeah. So I was a salesperson when I first came back to the company. And I spent three months just grinding. Like yeah. 7 a.m., to 7 p.m., no lunch, no breaks, on the that. phone, calling customers, getting deals done, doing what it takes Monday through Friday, right? Even on Saturday, I'd be there too. Yeah, I remember. Deals. He was like, I'm gonna go work on Saturday. I'm like, what? But he had a focus, he had a, he had a job to do, he was focused, so. And everybody from my fellow salespeople to the managers, to the director, senior level people, uh, vice presidents of sales, all that stuff, they take note. Yeah. They notice when you're hustling they like do. that. They do. They do notice that. And they notice, like, not only was I doing that, but I was willing to get off the phone, my own phone, for a second, mm -hmm. and help close deals for my teammates. 
I was like, hey, let me, let me help you out on the deal. Let me say this real quick. Close and we close the deal down. Yeah. Right. So they realized that, and I didn't go looking for the job. No. I wanted it back, but I wasn't really that focused. Really, yeah. I was kind of enjoying what I was doing. Yeah. And they came to me. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, you're killing it right now. How yeah. long though? How long did it take for them to come? Three months. Three months. Three months. You're talking about going from zero to hero, baby. <laughs> Zero to hero. You heard it here first, folks. Three months getting promoted. So and it's, people were it's possible. 18. They were. Because the yeah, people have been there for a while, still trying to get promoted. It didn't happen. Why? Because they didn't put in that hustle, baby. That personal brand. And I'm trying to tell y'all, it's important to build your brand. Because when they saw me, they thought, okay, yeah. Work ethic. He's that guy. Yeah. Let's go. He's serious about this. Let's go. Yeah. And that can happen to anybody, right? But it's like, your actions, of course, speak louder than your words words right yeah, for sure that's what it is and, that, and that's my story so it's like my personal brand for me selling at a high level and helping others and just being all in that got it got me promoted quick yeah that's awesome i remember that i remember i was like wait they're wanting to promote you already yeah he had left the company to look for you know greener pastures right and you came back and they saw you kill it so much they promoted you and people were like wait hold up <laughs> How is that happening? Yeah. But because of your brand, the way you carry yourself and your work ethic, that's what brought it, you know? It's yeah. awesome. I, I agree. I feel like your personal brand is so important. Yeah. Speaking of um, getting promoted too, that happened to me in the high school. I'm sorry, in college. Right. Um, when I worked for uh, where we met, um, I literally just walked in there because I would walk in there to chill. It was like a really cool apartment where uh, apartment complex where there was like a like a clubhouse and they had like a really big TV with chairs and I right. would go and do my homework there just to get out of the house sometimes. Um, and the manager liked me cause I would always smile and say hi to her. And one day she was just like, it was so weird how it worked out too. Cause I literally was like in so much debt in college that and my family, we didn't have like money for, to pay for college. So if I didn't get a job or get more, more grants yeah. or more debt, yeah. I would have had to go back home. Mm. And I did not want that to no. happen because in the Valley, people are always like, oh, you'll be back. You'll be back. And I'm oh like, that's gosh. never going to happen. They always do that. They always do that. And I was just like, what am I going to do? So the manager for the apartment complex right. just asked me, do you want to work here? I was looking up to the sky. I was like, God, is that you? Like mm-hmm. what? It just happened in perfect timing. And she just said like, you're always smiling. You're always like upbeat. Like you'd be, you'd be great here. You could sell, right? And I'm like, yeah, I could sell. Because my previous job was Old Navy, where I almost got promoted there for my brand. Right. Um, but I was like, sorry, I'm leaving for school. And they mm-hmm. were like, no, just stay here and we'll pay for your college. And I was just like, mm. I almost did it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's pretty, you know. But I wanted to leave. So um, I said yes to that job. And then I ended up like just climbing so fast to like being like the top salesperson there mm-hmm. um, because of my work ethic. And like you said, like you carry yourself in a way that it fits your brand to where people know, oh, that's Lori. Or they like, just that's... know when they see it. Exactly. That work right? ethic. They know, know they know the touch of the brand. Exactly. Right. And um <laughs> unfortunately I left that uh um apartment where I worked because of Daryl. <laughs> but they were about to promote me to do corporate training. Yeah. They wanted like Oh the job was yours. Yeah. They wanted me to go all over because I was like one of the top salespeople. Um and they wanted me to go all over the United States teaching, like training all right. my sales techniques, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was really cool. But then I met Daryl and we moved in together and 
fell in love. Fell in love. Well, feel, we fell in love before we moved in together. Yeah, that's true. Just <laughs> put that out there. That's a good clarification. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why it's so important, guys, to build your personal brand. And, yeah. And even if you think that they're not looking at you when you do stuff, they are looking at you good or bad. True. Good or bad. So if you're sitting there always gossiping or you're sitting there being lazy and stuff like that, yeah. don't be surprised when they don't promote you. Mm. Don't blame it on anything else no. but your work ethic and who you are and your brand. Um, because a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people blame everything and everybody yeah. why they don't get promoted when they're crappy salespeople or they're crappy it's workers, true. you true. know? Yeah. And I've seen that for my, for myself, you know, where you get all types of like, oh, they didn't promote me. They promoted this person and like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can you believe that? And I'm like, actually I, I can. can. Yeah. <laughs> so hustle stories will be every week. So make sure you guys comment your hustle story down below in the comments. We would love to hear. Or if you're on the podcast, go over to our YouTube channel or even go to our Instagram at The Brand of Hustle because we'd love to hear your hustle story yep. on how you got promoted based off of your personal brand. So next, I'm super excited for this. Daryl is more so the reader nowadays. I'm trying to get back to reading. I used to read all the time growing up, right. but I don't read as much anymore. But I'm trying my best to get back to reading. But right now, Daryl has the book of the week. Yes, I do. What do you have for it us? It is called The Innovator's DNA. Oh, details. So The Innovator's DNA breaks down five different topics, five different skill sets, you, you can say, okay. that all innovators have. So think of like a Steve Jobs. Okay. Think of like a Bill Gates, um, an Elon Musk, a Henry Ford, like innovative people that have done like things that have pretty much changed the world with their technology and their businesses. Yeah. One skill that I really love is called associating. Okay. So associating happens when you're maybe trying to start a business or maybe you're in sales and you're like, okay, I know I have to accomplish the goal of X. How can I get it done? And you start looking at other places and other things that are around you to accomplish that. Let me give you an example. So you have Steve Jobs. He comes back to Apple in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to reinvent the iMac, right? That was his love from the 80s. They yeah. kind of did away with it when he left Apple. But he's like, no, we need to bring it back. It's going to change the computing industry. And he did. But in order to create it, he's thinking, like, how can we get a certain type of plastic that's going to be durable, but flexible, but also beautiful, right? So he doesn't, like, go and ask, like, fellow coworkers yeah. at Apple. He's, like, he used associating, and he literally, literally went to a car lot, there's like, a parking lot, and just looked at everyone's vehicle and looked at the plastic that the auto manufacturers used. Wow. To make the Toyota, to make the Ford, to make the, you know, whatever car, the Hyundai. Yeah. And he used their plastic and put that in the Mac. Associating. That's amazing. Right? So you can think about this, like, if you're a salesperson, maybe you uh, sell door-to-door, -door, right? But maybe there's a technique that you haven't heard of from a door-to-door -door salesperson. Mm -hmm. Maybe you got to tune into a real estate agent and see how they're pitching. Maybe that could help you. Exactly. Maybe there's Different an inside industries. salesperson, right, yeah. that can help you. Or maybe it's something totally different. Maybe it's like someone who's just giving speeches for a living. They're a public speaker. But something about the way that they're they're pitching or they're closing helps you, right? That's amazing. Associating. Being open to other industries. Yes. Yeah. And being being able to study them and yeah. know what's happening, right? Yeah. And being able to literally take all that information from something random. It could be like crochet. Yeah. <laughs> could be baking. Yeah. Could I be agree. like automotive, aircraft stuff, whatever. Whatever is like totally random, maybe you should go learn that and really go study it because you never know what one little piece is going to be actually valuable to you in your career mm -hmm. associating. And that's why I love that book because it talks about that. Awesome. So make sure you guys go check out that book. Yeah. Uh, we will link it down below so you guys can go buy it. Yeah. 
um, I've seen that book and I've, I've been interested in knowing like mm -hmm. what it's about. So yeah. I think I'm going to read it. Check it out, girl. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been an episode of <laughs> the Brandon Hustle podcast. Yeah. And I loved it. I really appreciated talking to you about what makes a hustler. Yeah, definitely. Me too. And I, I want to do it again. Yeah. I know it got a little deep, guys, um, but... But every podcast of ours yeah, it's gonna probably be, is going to be deep. It's going to be pretty at one point. real deal holy field here. It's not going to be no, like, mush that you see. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, I want to talk about that for a second before okay. we let you guys go. Like, the reason we want to be real, because we think you owe it. I mean, we think you deserve it. Like, we owe it to you. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Like, like, there's so many other things out there you can watch at, like, surface level. Like, yeah. boring, but, like... This and, is real life. This is like exactly. business with, with your actual life outside of work. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of the other podcasters or branding or sales or whatever, yeah. they literally all do the same thing. Right. You know, they literally all, the the, the format's the same. The way mm -hmm. they talk is the same. Yeah. Right? You know, like. Screw that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, ooh, I need to like work on my accent. No, thank you. To sound you. perfect. Uh, yeah. No. You're going to get the Valley Girl accent. I'm going to talk like you don't know where I'm from. Because <laughs> I'm from Austin. Yeah. So, I <laughs> Other mean. Other than like mainstream America. Yeah, so we're gonna like be real here with you guys. So we're super excited for this right. podcast and YouTube channel. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, yes. like, share this video. Um, also, make sure you go check out our podcast as well and follow us on Instagram at the branded hustle. So make sure you guys also comment down below and tell us your hustle story because we would love to hear it um, on how you got promoted based off of your personal brand. Yeah. Um, but that's all for this episode. Do you have anything to say? Awesome. I loved it. Can't wait to do more of these and can't wait to get in uh, connection with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Also guys, if you have any ideas on any videos you want to see, write them down below because we would love to get your ideas on anything with brand sales, business, anything like that. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for watching and listening. See you guys. See you guys in the next one. Bye. -bye. Bye.